I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So due to technical difficulties, our episode yesterday did not go live. I appreciate everyone who brought this to my attention. Long story short, it was a technical error, but we're going to go ahead and cover some of the same stories that I did cover in yesterday's episode today. So you'll be fully caught up after this episode. Let's get into it. Today, we're going to be looking at two mini stories and then three longer stories. Let's get into it. Our first mini story, China demands that the U.S. roll back our sanctions against them. Will Washington listen? Unlikely. Biden has been wanting to engage in these talks with China to kind of try to hash out our differences and come to the middle, you know, relieve some of this tension. But China is finding it hard to look past the sanctions when debating whether or not to come to the negotiating table. They said that they cannot trust that our negotiations are in good faith if the sanctions are still in place. We'll keep you guys posted. And for our second mini story, Senator Feinstein has suffered yet another health issue, or should I say more health issues than previously disclosed. She is 89 years old and suffering from shingles, but apparently this latest hospitalization had a number of other complications that have now come out via the New York Times, such as Ramsey Hunt syndrome, where half of your face becomes paralyzed. Obviously, these are serious symptoms, but she continues to refuse to leave the Senate, as she always has. It seems like she plans to go out with her boots on, so to speak. So we'll definitely keep you guys posted on her health. Protecting the energy supplies that keep our homes warm, innovating for a more sustainable and resource efficient world, and why more women are needed for the future of engineering. I'm Fran Scott, maker and pyrotechnician, and these are just some of the things I'll be exploring that are making a world of difference in our new series of the Process Automation Podcast from ABB. Tap the button to listen and follow the Process Automation Podcast now. For our first longer story today, I do have to issue a content warning. This story involves sexual abuse as well as racism. Okay, so I wanted to touch on Randall Emmett. While we're on the subject of Vanderpump Rules from Friday, there's a whole new documentary series coming out called The Randall Scandal that I think you guys should know about and at least have the lay of the land about this story. It is the disastrous tale of Randall Emmett. And in case you're unfamiliar, some have called Randall Emmett a quote-unquote mini Harvey Weinstein. He was involved in a number of different scandals going in 
a number of different directions. Essentially, he's a pretty disgusting human being. And don't you worry, we're going to dole out the details here. So you may be wondering, how is this guy related to Vanderpump, though? So one of the cast members named Lala is someone who, first of all, she's one of the most beautiful women on the show. Absolutely. Hands down. She dated Randall, was engaged to him. Then the pandemic hit and they had to put their wedding plans on hold. During that time, she got pregnant with his child and had the baby. They never ended up tying the knot as his house of cards started collapsing around them before they could make it down the aisle. He was initially this shadowy figure on the show with Lala only referring to him as my man, quote unquote. And it was rumored that she had handed out NDAs to fellow castmates to basically keep them quiet about her relationship with him. Because when he started dating... He was still married to actress Amber Childers, who played in Netflix's first season of You, for example. Um, And it was very complicated on the show. Essentially, everyone knew she was dating a married man, but she didn't want to confirm this. He was also buying her very lavish gifts, such as a Range Rover and things like that. So she took a lot of shit for basically... You know, it seemed like she was a gold digger in this scenario. She was taking trips on his private jet and things like that while he was still married, supposedly, allegedly, all the things. So, but since the birth of her daughter, Lala discovered his infidelity. And actually, it's important to note here as well that he did eventually come on the show. So, once they were dating out in the open, she started naming him by name. And then eventually he became a character on the show. Like on Friday, we mentioned four or five cast members of the main core cast were, you know, basically canceled off the show. And so at that time, it was a perfect moment for Randall to become a more significant character because, frankly, they'd been talking about him for seasons on seasons. And now it was time for his to, him to make his official debut onto the show. And it seemed like he really ate it up. He was a great character on the show in the sense of he was entertaining. You know, he was very further along in his career versus everybody else on the show. He, you know, was an established producer. So... He had all these Hollywood connections, Um, but that is where things start to get sketchy. Basically, 50 Cent was the first person to raise the red flag about Randall Emmett. He said, Randall owes me over a million dollars, and he tweeted this at Randall, and it stirred things up with the cast, obviously, of Vanderpump. So it all came up on the show. At the time, they were acting like it was kind of bullshit um, and made up, but it given everything that we know now definitely seems like it was true but long story short after the birth of her daughter Lala discovered his infidelity so that was you know reason enough for her to make plans to leave him she already knew of his notorious temper and he had reportedly become physical with her at this time already so after she left that's when everything really came out the woodworks though his mistreatment of staff, his mistreatment of Bruce Willis while he was ill, and essentially his using his business as a casting couch where he would sexually assault women looking to act in his films. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. All of this came out in an LA Times article and now is coming out via a Hulu 
docuseries. And only the first episode is out. I highly recommend you guys watch it. But like I said, this is just the tip of the iceberg. He has called one of his assistants the N-word, who then obviously stopped working for him. But that was after a lot of other abuse. An assistant had to work with him while he was naked. His ex-wife reportedly took out a temporary restraining order against him because she was helping work with the FBI on a case about him. Like I said, a lot of shit in a lot of different directions. So I won't get into all the details here because I I mean, it would be its own episode, if not its own series. But you can watch all of the details for yourself in this docu-series as it is coming out on Hulu. Or again, LA Times has a very exhaustive expose written about him, which was the first big news to break about Randall. So happy rabbit holing. And I hope this gives you guys enough of a purview about who this person is to where you can understand the scandal. Next up, I want to discuss Tim Scott announcing his bid for president. So Senator Tim Scott, a black Republican senator from South Carolina, has now announced his bid in the 2024 presidential elections. He plans to take on Donald Trump in an attempt to win the Republican nomination. And he even made digs at Ron DeSantis in the process of announcing. He said that DeSantis's low poll numbers were actually what motivated him to throw his hat in the ring. He comes in with $22 million already raised. He is 57 years old, so decades younger than Trump or Biden. He has said, quote, Our party and our nation are standing up at a time for choosing. Victimhood or victory? Grievance or greatness? I choose freedom and hope and opportunity. End quote. We will see how he does, and we will definitely bring you guys more detailed info on his background, voting habits, and his campaign platform very soon. Protecting the energy supplies that keep our homes warm, innovating for a more sustainable and resource-efficient world, and why more women are needed for the future of engineering. I'm Fran Scott, maker and pyrotechnician, and these are just some of the things I'll be exploring that are making a world of difference in our new series of the Process Automation Podcast from ABB. Tap the button to listen and follow the Process Automation Podcast now. So for our last story today, Meta is slapped with their biggest fine yet. So a new record has been set when it comes to fines. Meta has now been fined over $1.3 billion due to illegal data sharing in Europe. The EU is not fucking around, you guys. They have strict data laws in place and they expect companies to abide by them. And unlike here in the U.S., they are not twiddling their thumbs and trying to squint to understand this new technology. They are light years ahead of the U.S. when it comes to data protection law, tech law generally, and obviously enforcing it. The EU has ordered Meta to immediately stop the transferring of European data to the United States, which they were never meant to be doing at this point in the first place. Now, Meta is looking to negotiate their way out of this one. They are stalling by seeking a stay of these orders and trying to have Brussels, 
where the EU is headed up and D.C., two of my former homes, by the way, negotiate a deal that allows them to transfer this data legally. Of course, Meta describes this fine as, quote, unjustified and unnecessary and that it, quote, sets a dangerous precedent for countless other companies, end quote. A dangerous precedent of accountability for breaking the law? Boo-hoo. The only way they're going to stop doing these things is if it becomes more expensive to keep doing it than it is to do it in the first place. Money seems to be the only way to get their attention. So I think this fine sounds about right. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with a quote from Jenna on Instagram. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar-free media. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfree media, all one word on TikTok. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Protecting the energy supplies that keep our homes warm, innovating for a more sustainable and resource-efficient world, and why more women are needed for the future of engineering. I'm Fran Scott, maker and pyrotechnician, and these are just some of the things I'll be exploring that are making a world of difference in our new series of the Process Automation Podcast from ABB. Tap the button to listen and follow the Process Automation Podcast now.